this is Irish Exit Everything. My name is Frank, and I recently attended, virtually, the USDA's 97th Annual Agricultural Outlook Forum. <laughs> I know, I know, that was probably the sexiest thing I've ever said. Look, I, I've talked about agriculture before, and I know on the surface it doesn't seem like the most interesting thing ever, and below the surface in the soil it, it probably seems even more uninteresting but it's extremely important um, because everyone eats. It's as simple as that. Everyone eats, so everyone needs to understand agriculture and where their food comes from. And that's why I've been getting into food activism. That's why I'm being a more conscious consumer, or at least as conscious as possible. And that's why I attended the USDA forum. I want to be more informed on this stuff. So um, I figured I would just give you a quick recap of what they talked about and give you some of my thoughts um, as a non-expert who doesn't farm. And kudos to you if you make it through this entire unsexy episode. So in the welcome session, uh, the USDA officials started by saying their thoughts and prayers go out to, and I was bracing myself for them to say to the people affected by the pandemic because that's been the reality for the past year, right? But no, actually, they said thoughts and prayers go out to people affected by severe weather, the, the recent winter storm, uh, which caught me off guard. Obviously, the pandemic and the winter storm are both crises, but it, it totally makes sense that the winter storm and severe weather would be a major concern for those in agriculture because weather affects if and how crops grow and if climate change continues to get worse and we have more and more severe weather events then you know we're not gonna be able to grow anything um, and when they did talk about the pandemic they talked about how it affected trade and exports um, not the tragic loss of hundreds of thousands of lives so that was an interesting shift in mindset but again it makes sense for people in agriculture uh, then they went into a recap of last year and the outlook for this year. Uh, as you could probably guess, there was a lot of decline last year. The overall size of crops harvested shrunk and the GDP contracted. You know, they gave some numbers that I didn't really understand as an outsider. But I thought it was really interesting that a record 182 million acres of corn and soybeans were planted. Uh, 182 million acres in the U.S., dedicated to corn and soybeans, which actually took land away from wheat, so there was a decrease in wheat harvested. Now, I'm not a farmer, and I don't know which farming practices are being used in these 182 million acres, um, but like I talked about in episode 31, monocultures, uh, which are just rows and rows and rows of the same crop, um, that ends up being really, really bad for the soil because it just completely drains nutrients from the soil. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that they were basically bragging that farmers planted a record 182 million acres of corn and soybeans. And I understand that that's in, in total across the U.S. It's not a consecutive 182 million acres, but still, that's not necessarily a good thing. Now, you got to ask yourself, why is there more and more corn and soybeans being planted uh, because there's a demand right well according to the USDA the demand for corn and soybeans was supported by exports to China and lots of corn was ending up as feed for livestock so 
a good chunk of this record number of corn and soybeans isn't even feeding Americans. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those people to say, America first. Um, I completely understand that there's hunger outside the U.S. and we should absolutely help fight world hunger. Uh, I just think it's really interesting that one of the so-called criticisms of organic farming is the yield lag, that it couldn't possibly produce enough to feed everyone in the country. And yet, uh, current conventional farming is being used to feed livestock and export crops out of the country. And in a time where there's a record number of Americans living in a state of food and nutrition insecurity, should we really be growing corn for livestock? Um, and that's not an attack on livestock. I'll get to that in a second. But think about that logic for a second. Oh, organic farming can't possibly feed enough people. We have to keep using conventional farming to feed Americans. Uh, conventional farming then plants 182 million acres of corn and soybeans, which a good chunk is used to feed livestock and export to China. <laughs> so is the issue with organic farming really that it can't feed enough people? Or is it that someone has their hand in someone else's pocket? And it's weird because there's money in organic. Like there's a lot of money in organic. The value of organic retail in 2019 was $47 billion. So clearly the market for organic food is there. And I know a lot of people believe that buying organic is bougie, that only rich people buy organic because it's too expensive. Um, but the USDA showed that people of all income levels are buying organic food. So we need to break out of this belief that organic is bougie because it's not. I mean, I can tell you from experience, as someone who has only been buying organic for the last few months, that yes, organic food in a chain grocery store is going to have a higher price tag, but if you go to a local farmer's market, you're going to get the best bang for your buck. I can get a shit ton of fruits and vegetables for like 20 bucks. Anyway, uh, then they had breakout sessions, and in one of these sessions, I thought it was really ironic. Uh, they said terms like conventional, organic, sustainable, regenerative agriculture. Uh, these are all highly politicized um, at this point in that conventional agriculture isn't what it used to be 20 years ago. Um, but then they had breakout sessions uh, specifically on organic farming. So clearly there's still a big difference um, and conventional farming still has a long way to go. Uh, I'm sure it isn't what it used to be 20 years ago, but that doesn't mean it's at this point an eco-friendly way to grow food um, but of course the USDA would defend conventional uh, because again hands in pockets right but uh, regenerative agriculture is a term I, I first started looking into when I read this book called defending beef which is basically a book uh, it's an argument in favor of livestock uh, yes I'm actually pro livestock I'm pro eating meat but in a sustainable humane way uh, but Regenerative agriculture basically just means uh, to farm in a way that actually rebuilds, you know, as the name suggests, uh, rebuilds the entire surrounding ecosystem, starting with good soil health. And one of the best ways to rebuild and enhance soil is with properly managed, free-range, grass-fed livestock. Obviously, breeding and growing and killing animals in factory farms is horrible, but large roaming herds are actually vital for regenerative agriculture. Uh, yes, the, the way livestock shit and stomp all over the place is actually great for the environment. Um, it helps sequester carbon from the air and they eat grass so you don't have to grow crazy amounts of corn for them, which in turn that corn can be used for people. So just to quickly break it down, free range grass fed animals are healthy and sustainable animals. 
Healthy animals contribute to a healthy environment, which saves the soil, which allows us to keep growing food. Uh, maybe I'm missing something, but it really does seem as simple as that, right? Listen, I know that feeding everyone is a daunting task. I've talked about this before, but doing everything on a large industrialized scale isn't the answer. I mean, clearly we're making enough food, but there's still a lot of hunger in this country and around the world. Um, so it was really encouraging to hear in this forum that one of the Biden administration's priorities will be to invest in people and infrastructure that supports local and regional food systems, smaller systems that embrace renewable energy. <laughs> I mean, obviously those are just words. Uh, we'll see if the administration puts those priorities into practice. Uh, but again, encouraging to hear at least. Uh, if you personally want to support local and regional food systems, start by thinking about where your money is going when you buy food. Do some research, it could be as easy as a Google search um, about what's available in your area and, and focus on farmers markets, farm to table restaurants and cooperative grocers. I know it's obviously going to take a lot more to save the world than just a few people switching up where they buy food, but it's a start. If money talks, then have your money talk organic. If you made it through this episode, I'm proud of you. And if you have questions about this stuff, feel free to reach out to me. It's better than keeping your head in the dirt. Thanks for listening and bye local.